you want to know something? The WNBA is so important. Ray Ray is fundamental, number one podcast from the get-go. And since you're listening, you got good sense, so let me break it down on this instrumental. It's basketball and all its essences. It's full of pop culture references. Point guards to stretch fours and fives. The last Buffy episode, despite survival. Never mind, let me get on track. Houston had a good run, and a team was stacked. We had plans for the team, Wolves, y'all remember? Quick question in sync, who's your favorite member? Oops, I did it again. Hold up, wait, best team on the court, probably Golden State, yeah. Curry and them, yeah, they out this world, but that's Gray's top five, he's saying the Spice Girls. <laughs> is fundamental podcast we are on episode 115 as we continue to be in quarantine as the pandemic continues it feels like it's a never-ending pandemic like we've been in our houses for about a couple months now although it feels like two years right anyway it is may 5 2020 happy cinco de mayo and the interview of my guest happened the day before on may 4th 2020 by the way in case you don't know my name is ray ray so yeah as far as sports go, we're chugging along with no American professional sports. Obviously, we still have The Last Dance, the Michael Jordan Chicago Bulls documentary, and that's pretty much been the book of conversations around my sports world. Other than that, we're just all trying to stay safe and healthy. But also notice that I said no American professional sports, because starting last night, ESPN is now showing the KBO League, which is Korean baseball. They're playing in empty stadiums right now, but South Korea is one of the few countries making great progress to return to normalcy during this worldwide pandemic. It's kind of funny to see that ESPN Baseball do commentary from their homes. It's got to be a bit difficult, right? Because, I mean, it, it showed that they were talking over each other a few times. They can't see each other, so it gets a bit difficult. But yeah, it's weird, but it's also pretty pleasant to see live sports going on ESPN. So hopefully more of that in the near future. Uh, in the meantime... My guest for this podcast, well, I sought her out for a bit because I had seen her on my Twitter timeline a ton during WNBA season. Her name is Ari Chambers, and she reminds everyone that the WNBA is so important, and it really is. It's not just a catchphrase, but because, well, we need women's basketball, women's sports to be better represented. It'd be great to see girls look up to these women and learn and know that they can be whatever they want to be, including being a basketball player. Why should you just be limited to guys, right? I mean, that's, that's so... Such Neanderthal thinking, right? Um, we have some of the best athletes in the WNBA, and we should showcase them more often. I mean, yeah, the pandemic has stalled the league's momentum, but everything has been stalled, right? So, hopefully, when the league does resume, they can get back some of that momentum, be marketed better, uh, let the people know that this is a great basketball league. Let's continue to help grow the WNBA, guys. Ari has been a very prominent voice and reporter for women's basketball. That's why I really want to talk to her. She obviously knows the game, she's extremely intelligent, and she's a driving force for the WNBA as it continues to go forward. Most importantly, she's very easy to talk to and she felt very welcoming the first minute I talked to her. So, hopefully, 
you enjoy this talk as much as I did. But before we do that, let me remind you that you can find the Rare Radio's Fundamental Podcast wherever podcasts are available, so that's Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, etc. If all else fails, you can find a podcast on Marie.net slash fun. And follow me on Twitter, at the Pass. Well, I've talked enough. Let's have that chat of Ari Chambers. But first, a promo. This is Shay, Shay Serrano, and you are listening to the Ray Ray is Fundamental Podcast. I think Ray Ray should change the name of the podcast, but he likes it, so that's what you're listening to. Ray Ray is Fundamental Podcast. The isolation series continues because I like talking to strangers. My guest! This is a huge Ooh. honor. You've seen her do work for Bleacher Report. She also contributes to House of Highlights and High Post Hoops. She's a prominent reporter, well, a prominent voice in women's basketball, both w, w, NCAA and WNBA. And she will tell you that the WNBA is so important. The very so important. The very talented Ari Chambers. How are you doing? I'm great. Thank you for having me. What an introduction. And yes, you can say reporter because that is exactly what my roots are. <laughs> Well, reporter voice, because I see your name all the time on my Twitter timeline, and you are a very prominent voice in women's basketball. So True. Yes. This is true. So, I appreciate that. So how are you doing in general? Because we're in obviously in an unprecedented time right now. I am just trying to make the best of it. You know, we're kind of in the, the middle of everything being in the New York area, and so just trying to stay safe and... and Figuring out how to get my Starbucks every day without putting myself at risk. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. New York, it's kind of scary, though, isn't it? Like, you, 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 you read about it, you hear about it, and, you know, people that have underlying uh, illnesses and health issues supposedly get it easier, but now you're seeing healthy people get it. Like, it's kind of scary, don't you think? It's just the unknown that's so scary. We don't know how long it's going to last. We don't know when we're going to get a cure. We don't know who it is actually affects because you know at, at one point they had one demographic but i see other people just passing away mm-hmm. from other things like it's, it's just it's, it's freaky you, you just never know especially when you're in the cesspool of disease that is new york city mm-hmm. but um thankfully i moved right out of the city to new jersey and it's only like 15 minutes away but like our our cases are exponentially lower than new york um in general but we're still an at-risk area um, but I'm thankful for that. I'm just sad because, like, my family's a couple hours away in North Carolina, so mm-hmm. I de- I'm not going to travel to them because, you know, I don't want to put them at risk of everything. One of my best friends actually lived in Manhattan, and she got stuck there, basically. So mm-hmm. some friends from Nebraska went, did a road trip, picked her up, and got her out of there. <laughs> like, that is so dope because, I can't, like, I used to live in Manhattan, so I can't even imagine how that is right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. can't even imagine. It's just crazy. I know we can't not talk about the coronavirus, but we can talk about other things too. So, um, you have quite the resume: uh, education in Oxford, North Carolina State. Mm-hmm. You've done fashion magazines, mm-hmm. fitness brands. You walked runways, mm-hmm. social media. You have done it all, and wow, it's 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 very impressive. Yeah, I just think that it's really important for me to look back on my 20s and not regret a thing. And so it's funny because my parents always used to tell me, "Are oh, you need to focus on one thing and just." do that. I'm like, why can't I focus on everything that I have the capacity to focus on <laughs> and do it so I don't regret anything? You know, I'm enjoying, like, I'm about to be 30, and so it's just, 
I'm I'm really happy that I was able to do like dream up something and try to make it happen, do the steps toward making it happen. And I just leave, you know, that part of my life with no regrets. Mm-hmm. So what got you into reporting uh, women's basketball in the first place? Did you kind of just like stumble into it or I know you mentioned that you're all about reporting. That's your that's your that's your thing. Uh, but was this, was this always the goal, though? Well, so communications in general, my, my dad's a mass comm professor. That's always been in me to tell people's stories. And women's basketball, growing up where I did in Raleigh, North Carolina, we had NC State women's basketball to look forward to uh, with Kay Yao. And then Duke was really good growing up, and so was UNC. We have, you know, Lindsey Harding and Ivory Latta. So growing up watching that, and then in the in high school, yeah, I played volleyball and I was a cheerleader, but I was also the girls' basketball manager. I've always just loved girls' basketball, women's basketball. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of my friends played it, so traveled with them. And just seeing how they didn't have coverage and wanting to tell their stories is what really um, pushed me to enter what, where I am now um, with specific intention of staying within the women's game. So because I had a journalism background, it's literally in my blood, and I'm an English major and a new comedy major i just thought it made sense to utilize my skill set and utilize my passion and make it a product and that's how i ended up in reporting mm-hmm. who was the player that got you into basketball you mentioned lindsey harding uh who else anyone else that got you really into it <laughs> it's honestly uh a lot of people don't know this kristen green she played at nc state she didn't even finish out her eligibility um, it's, it's really funny she was the player that signed my card when i was i think eight or nine years old mm. so it, it had nothing to do with her skill set. It just had everything to do with how she treated me after the game where I lined up in the tunnel for autographs. And that's what gave me my love for NC State, um, along with their cheerleading program, obviously. But what gave me my love for NC State and what made me be like, oh, these people are great on and off the court. And so when I saw Swing Cash a couple of years ago at a junior NBA camp and um, starting off songs of empowerment to the little kids, I was like, the WNBA is so important. And that's what mm-hmm. stuck with me this whole time that's what started up that phrase and just mm-hmm. furthered it because i know how it changed like women's basketball changed me at such a young age with just you know a player being nice to me acknowledging me and then how it shaped my life so it's it's, it's over here shaping other um small children's lives too and i just think that's really important to share somebody told me this because i was sharing um my niece she's five years old right now she and she she dribbles a lot she likes basketball mm-hmm. Um, and I was telling, uh, I don't know if you know, you know Maggie Hendricks? She covers Chicago Sky? I'm not uh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was telling her about this, and she was telling me how it would be very important for my niece to meet, you know, her favorite player, who is Kayla McBride, Las Vegas Aces. And, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, and it would do so much for her if she met, if she met Kayla, and she met, she meets her hero early, and it would change her life exponentially if she meets her. And we're hoping to do that this summer, except obviously a pandemic happens. So, yeah. Well, absolutely. And the, the, the beauty of the WCA is the players are so accessible. You can always meet them. They're always willing to go above and beyond to interact with um, their fans. Mm-hmm. And just for your family, she's five years old, just to, to meet her idol at such a young age, makes her dreams tangible. It makes it look like, oh, I can achieve this. I know this person. Mm-hmm. I've been in their physical presence. They're not just a figment of my imagination. This is real. Mm-hmm. I can be that. So if they can see it, they can be it. And if they can meet it, it just becomes that much more possible for them. Yeah. It's so funny because um, her, her, her dad is a huge Michael Jordan fan. And mm-hmm. um, she's going around jumping, jumping around, yelling, Jordan pose. 
all the time. <laughs> and then uh, when she's dribbling around, and I'm just going going along and dribbling with her and stuff like that, and I'm all pretending, hey, look, I'm Stephen Curry, right? And then she's like, I don't even know what it looks like. I'm Kayla McBride, and he start, she starts dribbling around me. So, like, exactly. Like, why not? Why not have the handles and be the bucket that Kayla McBride is? Yeah. So exactly. it, yeah, it's it's funny because it it, see, it seems so organic too. It's I mean, of course, I wanted to get into basketball, but it's not like I forced her into it. I was watching uh, the three-point shootout, the All-Star Weekend WNBA last last summer, mm-hmm. and then uh, she just kind of joined me on the couch, and she's like, who's that in the red? And I'm like, oh, it's Kayla McBride shooting, you know, and I try to tell the other players, like Allie Quigley, whatever, but she's all about the red mm-hmm. and black. <laughs> the <aces. laughs> she sounds like me. I literally, I literally, it's funny, for college, I, I mean, outside of my love for NC State growing up, but yeah. I chose it because it was red. My dad went to Duke, and I didn't go to Duke because I didn't like the color blue. It's literally something as little as that that yeah. is, is very real to a little girl out there. Yeah. But no, like, just for her to be able to watch that three-point shooting contest and seeing, like, you know, Allie quickly, like, break the record, but Kayla McBride be so close to that and wearing the colors she likes, that's yeah. dope. Yeah. So, hopefully, she'll get to meet her idol soon. Um... So, uh, there was the WNBA draft, the first virtual pro draft of its kind, and I thought it went really well, so you think this is how it should be from now on after the pandemic's over, or maybe a mix of both, because that went off really well, save the lightning round at the end, but, you know, it was really cool to see uh, them with their families at home, uh, their, you know, reactions and stuff like that. I mean, what do you think? Yeah, absolutely not. I think that the job should be in person. I think that maybe at some point yeah. they can open it up to the public. But no, I don't. I don't like the virtual drafting. Like I, I love how they did it because of the times that we're in right now. But I don't think that should be a regular thing at all. Um, I think that there's something to be told about it being on the main channel and how the numbers have grown so much to maybe like keep that as continuity but definitely don't want virtual drafts i'm just being there <laughs> selfishly i miss being yeah, there of course. And i miss the activations and you know them feeling so important um because they have a whole venue dedicated to them them having their name call being able to walk up to the stage i think that you know you, sh- you can't take away from that that importance um but no i don't want to see another virtual draft i want them to be comfortably there with their fits on walking the actual orange carpet and doing little um, circuits. <laughs> That's what I yeah. So, um, what do you think it'll take for the WNBA to get to the next level? Is it just a mar- matter of marketing? Because my friends and I we discussed maybe a star will do it, right? But then, if you don't market that star, then it's really nothing, right? So, uh, what do you think? Is I think it's a mix of marketability and misogyny going away. So, I mm-hmm. think that the W's been doing a great job of trying to rebrand and um, market in a way they haven't before. I think that there needs to be a certain level of connectivity with the actual public that consumes it. Um, that's where they're lacking. They don't know what their audience necessarily wants to see. Um, but that's the only thing that I see stopping like uh, them from growing even more. But there's also that blanketed misogyny that still lives in a lot of people. The comments, if you read them, they're, they're yeah, disgusting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so until we can get past that barrier which I don't even think that's our responsibility to do that's that's something that them that why they hate women so much but um, just keep doing what they're doing uh, coverage matters so the media becoming increasingly prominent in the women's space is important um, just keep on talking about it um, showing that the WNBA is here to stay um, is good and then I, I just you know the game is growing itself and so 
um, showcasing those highlights and how the women played their game and stop comparing it to dunking, that yeah. will help too. Yeah. It's come a long way. Like, I've seen the WNBA from its infancy. Gosh, I'm old. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Um, it's been around, what, 23, 24 years now? Like, that, that's, 23 that's, years, very, yeah. that's very impressive for a sports league. And um, it, it's here to stay. And what bothered me so much last year in the, during the finals is that um, when they were pre, uh, preempting a preempting the WNBA Finals for a college football game, I think Division Two or whatever, ESPN Two, with these two schools that we don't mm-hmm. even know about, that we don't even know about, that we haven't heard about, and they're being showed over the WNBA Finals, and that's so frustrating to me. It is, and it's 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 a matter of when are we going to stop just betting on women and just just knowing that women have value. I think there's uh, something to be said about how we shouldn't have to keep proving ourselves to be valuable, and just people just need to go ahead and put it on the main channel so people can consume it. It's almost like this weird fear. They're like, oh my God, what if it doesn't perform well? Well, we're sitting here watching bowling on the main channel, so what are we actually doing here? Just like bowling has their following, W has its own following too. And just just stop comparing it to the men's game because, you know, yeah, basketball is basketball, but it's two different things and you can appreciate both mm-hmm. or neither or one or the other, but it's just a matter of stop bashing one side versus the other but yeah i think that programming has a lot to do with um the consumers ideas of the the league itself so just you know having the networks do better and believing that the w will work yeah i mean the game is great as it is now and and like people are so frustrated about like oh i wish we could see the nba do uh see the triangle again like you can see that in the WNBA like I don't know why, why exactly. are you guys watching it like if you want the exactly. old if you want the old style NBA from the 90s or whatever you can watch the WNBA they run a lot of post offense they run a lot of triangle I mean uh, it's, it's a physical game like I don't get why they're not trying it out because people are still very against the idea of women yeah. playing sports yeah I, it's just it's, it's really confusing people are really against that mm-hmm. um, but that's where that's the root of the issue it's Kristen Ledlove, and I was once on the Ray Reyes Fundamental Podcast. Once. That was enough. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I'm not saying that I was, like, I was never a misogynist because, I mean, of course, I learned along the way. I'm 41 years old now, and um, mm-hmm. it's it's like, of course, when they, when I was being taught about things, it's like, oh, men are more superior than women, blah, 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 whatever. That's what I'm being taught, right? So, of course, that's my mindset going in, but, like, when I played against... Um, uh, women on in the playground like I'm just kind of like these girls are really good like I don't get it. Really why, are we, why are we supposed to be better per se right like and mm-hmm. uh, when I was playing ball regularly in my 20s which is such a long time ago <laughs> I was like <laughs> my, my regular team was one of my friends and uh, two women like a four-on-four um, you know just pick just pick up basically and we were just, it's just killing. It's a matter of giving people a chance. Yeah, giving giving the women the chance. Yeah, exactly. We were just killing everybody in the gym. Like we were still so <laughs> at the time. So I, I don't I don't get why there's this uh, con- uh, preconceived notion that oh men are so much more superior than women. <laughs> you know I don't. I don't... <laughs> it's, it's 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 a matter of toxic masculinity, but mm-hmm. hey. You know, they're not worried about playing anybody one-on-one. They're not worried about fulfilling, you know, people's junk fetishes. They're collecting their gold medals and their checks and being on their merry way. It is the top 
144 players in the world, and now it's about to be even tighter for a roster spot because of the new CBA. But like, this is a top talent, and if you want to talk about dream teams, like we have, they haven't lost since '96 or before '96. They have, they've been getting gold since '96. So it's just a matter of putting that in perspective. They're super successful, and it's it's weird to me because now that I work at Bleacher, I cover all women's sports, and I see the love that U.S. Women's National Team gets shown, even though they are fighting this uh, this lawsuit against yeah. the soccer federation. They still have their their shortcomings, but as far as fandom. There are a lot more male supporters there too, and even women supporters. Like, there's a lot more support around so- women's soccer than there is women's basketball, and it's kind of like, well, we know the root of the issue there, but you know, it's. It, I hope to get it to a point where the W is the leading, um, you know, league to to set the path for women, or you know, they match up with soccer and both of them can join together and push the envelope and, and push past that negativity and that, that feeling that they have right now because of all the negativity surrounding them. The coolest thing that I saw with uh, women's soccer was in London when they had the gold medal game in Wembley. 80,000 people watched women's soccer. It was amazing. Exactly. And that's where we want to get to with mm-hmm. the WNBA because like with, with the USA basketball, we were in an arena and I think we were in Bridgeport, and it was, you know, not that packed. Um, but when they played UConn, it was it was fun energy. But I, I would love to see that consistent, fun, packed energy everywhere they go. I mean, these are Olympians that you can watch, yeah. and people just, it's, it's weird. They don't care. And I wish they did more. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, you know, we, we've seen fan bases, like, you know, the Lynx has a huge following. Um, the Sparks have a pretty good following here, too. Obviously, the Aces, they're, they're you know... Uh, I was gonna say the only pro pro sports team in Vegas, but they're one of the few pro sports teams in Vegas. It's like it's getting it's gaining traction, and I kind of wish mm-hmm. that you know the networks would help, the NBA would help. Like I really wish they give them so much more support than what it is getting now. Well, I wish that the league could you know bank on the networking and the fan consumption, so that they wouldn't need the NBA mm-hmm. to to throw them the money. I don't want to make it so that the WNBA should be a league heavily supported by the NBA because it, it should be able to stand alone because mm-hmm. the talent is there. Uh, do you think the WNBA should make any tweaks to the game or is the game fine as it is right now? I think the game is fine right now. but The game is just fine. Yeah, okay. Let's pivot really quick to the last dance. Um, anything about this documentary that's like uh, really interesting to you thus far? I just, I, I mean, I know everybody's stuck on MJ right now, but like Dennis Rodman is my hero at this point. He said, "I'm not, he's like, uh, so I'm about to go to Vegas. I don't know what you about to do, but I'm about to be gone for 48 hours, knowing good and damn well he's not. It's gonna be way longer." And he's, just, I just need a, I just need a break. I just need to step away for a second. I just think that's so dope. <laughs> I love, I love the style of the '90s. I just love how they had genuine celebrity around them. Like they were celebrities. Everybody. It, the world stopped for basketball. The energy in those arenas was very different because, you know, I used to be at MSG every day of the week bringing you joy on the court. Um, but, like, we didn't have that type of energy now. And so, like, I I would love to, you know, revisit those games in the 90s and see just the genuine fandom and the genuine, like, everybody's tuned in type feel. Mm-hmm. It was just a different level of excitement. I think that this is really, this documentary is really important because, you know, it's your favorite player's favorite player. Right. You know, everything that, you know, was derived from how he just 
re restructured and reconfigured the the perception of the game and the sheer dominance of it all. I love it. And I love that it shows like the the climb to the dominance too. It wasn't always let me just, you know, into my rookie year and win a championship. It was just like let's work towards this and then utilizing our talent and me stepping where I need to step in, which is taking over to make this team what it was today and fulfill my promise to the city that I made a promise to on my draft night. Mm-hmm. I like, and the fact that he's from North Carolina, you know, and mm-hmm. stand up. <laughs> <laughs> on my podcast last week, actually, like, we were talking about the last dance for a little bit, but then we ended up talking about Dennis Strong for, like, 30 minutes because he's so interesting. Like, he was a legit celebrity. Like, he, he obviously played ball, but he was also – he also had his own MTV show. He was in movies. He dated Madonna. Like, he wrote a book. He he wasn't wrestling. He did everything. He did everything. I think I love when they go against the grain and just like ultimate rebels. I think it's dope. I mm-hmm. think that he did not care like you know what people thought like about his outward appearance after Madonna said, "Hey, you need to break free of this mold." <laughs> I think that that's dope to you know rid yourself of those shackles of society's mm-hmm. uh, boxes that they try to put you in and. It, he, he set the standard for a lot of people's originality and I think that Michael was cool he just he had that confidence about him that showed that you don't need to be humble all the time you just don't need to be yeah. and you can take over and, and make something that you know you can you can make mm-hmm. I, I think that there's there's value in that knowing that you're valuable and being able to take that wasn't previously winning to being the team of the 90s mm-hmm. Like, can anyone get away with Rama got away back in the nineties right now? I mean, not. nobody's that good. Like, it's it's <laughs> it's true. It's, it's just like he got away with things because he 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 produced. He produced. I feel like now because of you know everything being you know heavily political and everything being publicized, it just isn't possible. The celebrities back then, it was it was just an exclusive lifestyle. Yeah. Now everything is is open and available and then we feel like we know everybody i just it's a different climate i don't think people can get away with that stuff now do you kind of miss that do you kind of miss that though like like there's oh i loved i loved the celebrity i love the secrecy of it i I love that concept of my business is my business i live a rock star lifestyle like i love that Mm -hmm. and i miss it (laughs) <laughs> I don't like having access to everybody knowing what they're all doing. I think that, you know, in modern times, like Beyonce is such a celebrity because we don't know what the heck she's up to. But when she makes a move, she doesn't need to be, like, completely flamboyant about it. She just drops it and goes about her merry way. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I guess it's not – it hasn't completely vanished yet because you mentioned Beyonce. Like, she does move in secrecy. Like, we don't know what she's doing, yeah. right? So And there's value in that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> there's value in that. Yeah, so it's still around. It's just that it's harder to do now because – Every move is just scrutinized. Like the the minute you tweet something, you can say the word dog, and they're like, "Oh, she mentioned about a exactly. dog." You know, that exactly. sort of thing. Exactly. Yeah. No, see, it's just it's it's a in, in society right now is ultra sensitive about everything. Mm-hmm. So that's another thing. Like a lot of things wouldn't fly, then it just wouldn't fly. So the nineties were a very different time. <laughs> yeah, but Michael Jordan, though, man, it's like. When they asked if he had a gambling problem, and said, no, I have a competitive problem. And I'm just kind of like, oh, my gosh. Like, literally everything that you compete about, you have money on the line, including quarters. Yeah. I'm just kidding. Exactly. But, like, <laughs> it's, it's weird, right? But I, 
Yeah, no, I, I also think this effed up for the media to try to paint this picture. They had to find something wrong. Yeah. And I think they're like, let this black man thrive. You know, let, let him thrive without you trying to place uh, this on him. But yeah, I'm glad that he was so... Uh, he had an answer for it. Yeah. I'm glad that he just was like, oh, this is this is me. And I'm glad that he responded to past controversy in this documentary and just was like, that's not what I was here to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, we have to take a step back and wonder why we request that from all of our black athletes. Why do they have to be activists? Why can't they just be athletes? Do you look at every white athlete and be like, they need to stand for this, 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 and this? No. Sometimes people just play sports and they just want to play sports. It's unfair to put that on them all the time. Now, would it have been nice if he would have stepped in? Yes. Mm-hmm. But no, he, he didn't say, he said that he didn't want to be a political figure. That's not where he was at. He just wanted to be a basketball player. And shout out to him for knowing that, having that self-awareness and being bold in that. I said what I said, I did what I did, and I didn't say what I didn't say. Yeah. And um, I read somewhere that he was contributing to um, uh, charities anyway and contributing to campaigns since 96. So there's that, but, you know... People just want to talk about the juice that, oh, he didn't do this. Yeah. So. I mean, there's guys that are moving in silence. There's that, like, they, that, that's what a common misconception for a lot of people is. They feel like celebrities owe them um, explanations, and they really don't. Yeah. Like, if I don't, if I myself, personally, as a normal human, feel like I don't have to owe anybody anything, they damn sure don't have to owe anybody anything. Like, they don't have to answer anything. Yeah. And that's the thing. It's just like we always feel like we are. Um, they're obligated to respond to this. We feel this false sense of entitlement of like, hey, um, this is this is something that you need to do for me. And I don't think that that's where he was at. And that's what you know separates the greatness. Like you don't have to owe anybody anything. Yeah, I mean, we don't have to tell everyone our business. Why do they, right? Period. <laughs> exactly. Period. <laughs> People are so nosy. My gosh. Um... Yeah. So, last question. Uh, what do you say to young girls who want to get involved in sports media? And I've asked this a ton. I, I've asked a ton of women about this. And usually the, the first thing they say is you got to have thick skin. And that's unfortunate because that's the world we live in right, right now. So, what do you say? Yeah, okay. So, anybody who wants to be involved in sports media, I would say just, first of all, girl or boy, just know that they're in a generation now where they have everything at their fingertips. Like, you have a phone, you have social media, your phone is a great camera to use. Form those relationships, get a press pass, make a website so you can get a press pass, talk to these athletes, observe the game, really do your research on the game in general. Um, as, a, as a woman in the game, you're going to face where you have to be even more um, privy to everything going on. You have to have an encyclopedic knowledge about what you're covering or be able to carry your weight because there are times where you're going to have to prove yourself to people. I don't necessarily focus that much on that. I just do me. Um, so I think my overall message is you have everything at your fingertips. Utilize it now um, and keep going no matter what. Uh, another piece of advice is sculpt your brand how you want to make it so you can upkeep it. A lot of times with reporters, they... Well, for my personal situation, I don't like being prim and proper all the time. I don't like to be completely refined all the time. So my interviews reflect that. And so when, you know, companies look at my work in order to hire me, they don't expect, you know, the hard news type of vibe from me. They they expect the homegirl from around the way. And I love that because I can maintain that because that is genuinely me. Mm-hmm. So put yourself into your work 
and um, be unapologetic about it. Um, instead of thick skin, just be you. Don't worry about what other people think, kind of repel it type thing. Mm-hmm. Because there's nothing that anybody can say about my work that I would be ashamed of. Like I said, when I, I did what I did, I acted how I acted. I like, spoke in this way for a reason. Mm-hmm. Um, and just stand strong in that conviction. Yeah. And that's the best thing. Just be you because like people can see through the fakeness, uh-huh. right? <laughs> Yeah. Uh-huh, 100%. Yeah, exactly. 100%. Yeah, so uh, go ahead and uh, give us your social media, where we can find you on the, inter- on the internet, stuff like that. Go ahead. <clears throat> I like to keep things pretty universal. So I'm Ari Ivory, mm-hmm. A-R-I-V-O-R-Y on every social media, including like Facebook. But don't have me on Facebook. That's kind of weird. But no, like on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter. Twitter's my ish. That's like where I love. Um you know, if I ever re-download Snapchat, that's, you know, Ari Ivory on everything. Um, and then my business page is Highlight Her. On Instagram, we're an extension of House of Highlights, mm-hmm. um, which is owned by Bleacher Report. So we cover everything in the sports and culture realm for women. Um, yeah, so those are the pages that you can follow me. I'm pretty interactive on all of them, except for Facebook. So, <laughs> that's, you know, tweet at me. I love Twitter. So that's where I stay. And that's where you can find me. Let's remind everybody that the WNBA is so... It's so important. <laughs> yeah. Yes, it is. The yes, WNBA is, is. so yes, important. Is. That is Ari. <laughs> this is Ari. She's very important. Me? Uh, I guess I guess I'm sort of important, I guess. I don't know. Oh, you're super important. <laughs> yeah, right. But as important as you in the WNBA. Thanks, Ari. Thank you. Game over, yeah! Hashtag Blame Ray Ray.